Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite to Queen's Claim Your Career Crown podcast. I'm your host, Lynn, and today I'm joined by our very special guest, Ambrose Blowfield. So Ambrose is going to have, we are going to have the most amazing conversation. We're going to be talking about how to sell effectively, regardless of the country and culture you're selling in. And I want to give you a little bit of background about Ambrose. He's one of Australasia's leading trainers, speakers in sales, marketing, and business growth. Um, (laughs) So Ambrose has both uh, top-class academic and experience-based knowledge from working at many leading international companies, including Procter & Gamble, UK, and Robert Half International, among others. He has trained businesses of all sizes in both sales and marketing. Ambrose has delivered training in person in 10 different countries across three continents, while his online training has helped over 15,000 businesses in 20 countries across six continents, making over $2 billion in additional sales for those organizations. And now he's just got Antarctica to go. I'm not sure how many businesses are located yeah, I'll, there. I'll be, I'll be training the penguins, hopefully. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Um, You know, your new book, your first book, The Authority Guide to Writing and Implementing a Marketing Plan, was published in the UK in 2017. And his new sales-focused book, Shut Up and Sale, is set to be published later this year. Is that correct, Ambrose? That's right. That's right. And I will, if you don't mind, because I'm quite, you know, linguistically quite particular. Um, it's actually we've re- we're going to name it "Shut Up to Sell," so ah. people can actually connect the two. Because if you shut up more, you will sell more. <laughs> and you are absolutely right. That is wonderful. And thank you for correcting me on that title. Um, and before we get started, for any of our listening listeners who are joining us for the first time. Make sure you don't miss a single episode by subscribing to Claim Your Career Crown wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, please, please, please share the love and give us a five-star review. We would very much appreciate it. Okay, Ambrose, let's get right into this. And you've been, you've had such an international journey uh, to get to where you you are. Thank you so much. Yes. Yes. Can you tell us how you became a leading trainer and speaker in sales, marketing, and business growth? I appreciate that, Lynn. Thank you again. It's a privilege to join you. I know you have phenomenal uh, loyalty from your followers, and, and I know you do amazing work in the world of sales and business. So so keep up the great work and keep up the good <laughs> fight, Lynn. Um, so as you can possibly tell from, from my accent, I was born in London, England, uh, but I, at six years old, we moved to Geneva in Switzerland, which is the home of the United Nations and the World Health Organization that a lot of people talk about these days. Um, And then I did a bilingual business degree. So I studied international business with French. So half of my studies were in the UK in in England and half my studies in France. And then I joined Procter & Gamble. And having grown up in Geneva, all my friends were international. They were from all over the world. I think at my school, we had 165 children in my primary school. I think we had 50 or 60 nationalities. You know, it was pretty diverse. So I was personally inspired to see the world, which I... I did before joining Procter & Gamble. I spent a year traveling and they, they gave me the job and waited a year for me, which was very kind. Yeah. And I went back to the UK and started work for Procter & Gamble and thought, well, I could work in London like I was doing, but that's kind of where I was born. What if I quit and I go travel to Australia? So I then had four years in Australia, a little bit of work in Singapore, and I've been in New Zealand for the last 18 years. And as you said, 
I've been privileged the last 18 years in business to um, to coach and train people all over the world. And, and I love travel in the pre-pandemic days. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Now when we travel, we're, we're staying a little bit closer to home. And uh, that's so amazing. What an incredible story. So you found that sales strategies need to adapt across different cultures. So can you uh, expand upon that and give us some more insight? Yeah, absolutely. So if I may, Lynn, I'll cover it both ways. Firstly, let's talk about the similarities. So the whole principle, firstly, is any business legally has to make a profit. So you've got to exchange products and services for slightly more money than it costs you to deliver those products and services. And so you always need to sell value. Um, the next point is just to make sure I cover this in the book um, just dispel the myth of the customer's always right. That's a total lie. Um, it was made up by some customer decades ago, I believe, uh, in their own best interest. Um, the customer is not always right, but they are always the customer and they always deserve your respect. So no matter which culture in the world you're selling into, whether it's a local culture, or a global culture, you always need to respect your customers because without customers, you can't be profitable. And our purpose as salespeople in particular is to serve them. So that's where I see total consistency. The yeah, cultural difference. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead I, I was just going to say, I absolutely agree that our purpose is to deliver, be of service and to guide yes. our customers. If they, if the customer isn't quite connected the dots to guide them um, in the direction yeah, they need perfect. to go. Love the language. You know, I think you and I have coached thousands of people and it, it's easy, Lynn, to, um, to get into, you know, the mental barrier people have of, I don't want to be a salesperson or I'm not a salesperson. And, and then when I ask them to define the salesperson, their description is totally wrong. It, it, they, design, they, you know, they talk about 1970s and 80s movies. It's probably a used car salesman um, dressed in a horrible suit with terrible shoes, and he's ripping people off. Now, that's great for movies, but it's not great for business. It just doesn't really work. So um, to me, you know, a salesperson is someone who's there to serve her customers, and as you said, to guide them to a better solution, especially if your business model relies on word of mouth referrals. So if I could take that as a segue into looking at some of the regional differences around the world, um, I certainly Australia and New Zealand, small populations, fairly isolated from the world, especially in pandemic where they've locked their borders, where relationships are, I wouldn't even say king and queen. I mean, they are beyond anything. So what that means is in the course of your conversation, particularly the first times you meet people, whether that's via webcam or phone or face to face, they do want to know your story. They, they want to know who you are. They want to know your family setup. They want to know what your journey is. They're both very young countries. You know, the indigenous population in Australia has been around for thousands of years. In New Zealand, only about a thousand. And the European population's only got there in the last 250. So they're both young, dynamic countries, a little bit like, you know, you know you're, you're close to British Columbia, you know, similar sort of age of economic development that British Columbia's got, you know, 250 years. And what that means is, is they want to know your story. They want to know what your where your family's from. Now, that's even more particular in the South Pacific and in New Zealand. They genuinely want to know where are your grandparents born and raised? Tell me what your story is, you know, and that's partly from the Maori population which is the indigenous population in New Zealand where they respect you know what mountain you're from what river you're from what you know what's your whakapapa what's your story so culturally that's a big difference now if I was to then compare it 
I would compare it to Europe where I grew up is the southern states of Europe, France, Greece, Italy, Spain, those sorts of places. You know, they tend to be similar, more relationship driven, more patient to build up rapport before you talk about what your business is about. Whereas the northern part of Europe, the UK, Scandinavia, Germany, and what I see in America, um, having trained there to fair degree, Canada, you know, a bit more impatient, kind of get to the point. Let's just make it happen. And in the sales process, remember Procter and Gamble. So my training originally came out of Procter and Gamble. They spent allegedly a hundred thousand US on my first year's training, which is so generous and kind of them. Um, and they used to tell us you have to put a hook early in a conversation. It's Lynn. You know, I'm here today to find out about your business and see if I can save you a million bucks. Well, if you tried that in Southern Europe or you tried that in New Zealand and New Zealand, New Zealand, Australia, you'd be kicked out because they'd be saying, A, who do you think you are to tell me I'm stupid and I'm missing out on a million bucks? And number two, <laughs> why are you talking business? We haven't connected as humans yet. So there, there's a synopsis of the last 18 years training people around the world. <laughs> Well, that's a good one. And I actually agree that here, even in the U.S., I know my approach is relationship first, is to build mm. that rapport with worthy intent and business is going to follow. And mm. it's uh, about making those lifelong connections. And uh, yes. that's um, and once again, that gets to that that conversation about how you can help and serve them. So I want to talk a little bit about your new book. Um, because the shut up to sell, and I got it yes. right this time. Yeah, you did. Perfect. Uh, I mean, it's a really great bold title. And of course, mm -hmm. you know, when you're talking about those classic sales, that sleazy sales soup, and yes, uh, huh, you know. The, the yeah, I, I like how you. I like how you shook. Then, so you should. <laughs> it's 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 inappropriate, you know, behavior for any human to be that way. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but the, the the title is so bold, and I'm sure that it's really tied to the lessons within. So, can you share more about that? Your you know your new book. Oh, look, thank you, Lynn, for the opportunity. There's a few key things in it. Number one is we want to build people's confidence in selling, no matter whether they're a part-time seller because they're an entrepreneur and maybe four hours a week they've got to sell, or whether they're a full-time salesperson. We we want to appeal to that, and the outcome from the book is that people download a template and they know how to run a sales meeting from then on and we find if people have got the structure and the process then regardless of their personality profile and they'll have the confidence to run a client meeting whether that's face to face or via webcam or or, or likewise on the phone even these days um so that's i guess the essence of it one of the things we're really passionate about is to make sure you control the conversation not through the statements you say but through the questions you ask and I, I was very blessed growing up. My my brother is a content writer and my sister-in-law is a qualified proofreader and my stepfather read languages at Oxford. So I come from a, lang a language-based country, uh, country and a language-based family. In fact, they always said I was the least likely to be published. And this would be my second book, um, which is <laughs> ironic because I was the one they said that couldn't read, um, although I did get quite good grades. And to me, the essence of a conversation is literally ask great questions, go deeper than your opposition ever goes, find out more about the person, more about their company and situation than anybody does. And if you can do that, not only do you build trust and rapport, but once you understand them better, 
you're likely to give them a solution that matches to that. So the book is giving people literally the practical skills of how to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I believe that that's so true that you really do need to get to understand, you know, also what's, you know, what's their big why, uh, you know, yes. and, and how do the, your, how does your product, you know, fit into that, but understanding what's their why, because ultimately clients are buying this so they can, so they can take mm -hmm. the, the why and the, what, how it's going to benefit them so they can do something else. I mean, that's yes. whatever it is, that's what they're really buying. And you, you can't get there if you haven't delved into and actively listened and um, watched. I really am a real strong believer in that body language. Mm -hmm. And today, even if you're not in person, um, one of the beautiful things is that you can record the meeting and you can yes. go back and look at it and you've got your transcript and you can be watching it and you can be watching, turn the sound off. But then you can watch the, the ticker of the conversation and you go, ah, look at how their eyes lit up there. This was important to them. This mm -hmm. made a genuine connection. Um, those are some clues that you can use as well um, in your sales. So, um, you know, let's just sort of talk about, you know, your, how your book is really different than other books out there about sales. Yeah, uh, thanks, Lynn. Uh, and by the way, head, hats off to you. I love the tip you shared. I think a lot of people um, in business, and especially sales, aren't comfortable enough to review their conversations or review themselves on webcam. We are self-conscious in that. And, you know, any expert, we just had the Olympics in, in you know, delayed by a year, but in Tokyo Olympics, there isn't a sports star out there who does not review videos of themselves. And if they're the people at the, the top level of sport, there's lessons for us all to learn. So that self-review, Lynn, thank you for, for encouraging people to do that. It's, it's, yeah. it's wisdom. Yeah, wisdom. it's like, do you want to play street ball or do you want to play for the NBA? <laughs> yeah, and, and look, prior to COVID, you know, our eldest daughter was on a kind of a ballet career. You know, she she got a scholarship to, to go to Houston Ballet Academy as a 16-year-old leaving New Zealand for, for good, essentially. Uh, brought her home because of COVID to keep her safe um, and close by because we didn't want to be borders shut, which has happened since then. But, you know, you know, she did a lot of self-review and she wanted to get to that world-class standard, which Houston Ballet Academy is. And it's just review and review. I mean, nine years old, six o'clock in the morning, and she's up and training and filming herself. And so that tip um, for everybody, don't overlook what Lynn just gave you. That That's priceless wisdom. So um, to go back to your question, um, I've always been practical. I, I, I've always had lived a life philosophy of I want to teach a, a person to fish for themselves rather than do the fishing for them. So for me, I want people to be able to read the book multiple times, but even just one sitting and actually plan a real client meeting that they can just go away and run. And once they've done that, then they can use the template again and again and again and essentially self-coach, self-review, like you're saying, um, and literally run. You know, salespeople have thousands of meetings in a year. Um, so actually get them to, to run that meeting um, consistently, because if there was one thing that all salespeople in all cultures have to do, it's run phone, webcam or face to face meetings. And if I could just help people be confident and more structured and practical about that, then then I've done my good to the world. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I'm a real believer in processes as well. I, mm -hmm. You know, when you put the time and energy into planning and, you know, putting your you know, basically creating your roadmap and what you're going to need to do and what you're going to need at these different stages and having that ready, 
what you've done is you've actually very effectively saved a ton of time. <laughs> yes. And you can like actually that. repurpose that sales time that where you're scrambling for all these things and, oh, well, now mm -hmm. what do I do or what do I need? Instead, mm -hmm. you're actually repurposing that time into direct client interaction because you mm -hmm. put your plan together. So that's brilliant. Thank you so much, Ambrose. That is absolutely a key takeaway. And I'm sure that you've got some more key takeaways for our audience about what they're going to get out of your book and your training. Uh, thank you. Um, for me, a passion area of sales, which I've, I've got in the book and we actually weave into all of our um, online sales training programs, um, is, is personality profiling or what's correctly called behavioral profiling. Um, what I, we use a, a product um, out of Finland has been used for millions of people worldwide called Extended Disc. A lot of people know disc personality uh, profiling. Extended Disc is like disc on steroids is how a lot of people refer to it because it profiles people's conscious and unconscious behavior. It compares the two and, and we, we can map people against different functions within sales. So what I find the mistake made by most people, unfortunately, Lynn, is a lot of people kind of mislearn what behavioral profiling or personality profiling is all about. And a little knowledge does not go a long way. A little knowledge can be quite damaging. Um, also, a lot of people only only track if they get a Facebook link to fill in a few questions to find your soulmate or to understand your career path. That only tracks your conscious personality, which is different to the unconscious you. The unconscious you is kind of who you've evolved to being. So I cover this in the book. There's two things people should be mastering to really master the sales process. And number one is they need to understand themselves. They need to understand their own personality or behavioral style so that they can adapt that to the world of sales. There's no point saying to a highly introverted, shy person, go be brash and tough like a Manhattan <laughs> property developer because they won't be authentic. And the yep. moment they're not authentic, customers will recognize that they'll lose trust in you. And also you won't love sales if you try to sell in a way that doesn't suit you. So that's that's one thing. The second thing is you need to read your customer. So you need to read, as you say, Lynn, the body language and the tone and the wording so you actually understand the customer's personality. And then the secret, which is, again, our, our main program covers this as part of the program, and the book covers it, is you've then got to do a dance. And knowing you and knowing them, you've now got to think about, well, how do those personalities fit? And if you do that, you will serve. Yeah. And if you do that, you'll shut up. And if you do that, you'll sell. Yeah, it, there is a lot about adapting. And I, I am absolutely 100% behind what you've just said. It's so true that you do need to be very aware because it doesn't matter what kind of personality type you have, you can still be amazingly good at sales. Uh, and yes. sales is 100%. leadership. And, you know, and it's all the leadership training you need also for other aspects of a career. So even if you never intend to work a day in sales in your life, you yes. should have sales training because it's leadership training. And one I'm of the with most you on that. important things, yeah, is that ability to adapt. And so I'm generally a pretty bubbly <laughs> I can see that. I love person. it. And yes. but when with certain clients, you know, I know I need to tone that down, you know, take it down a notch, right? Yes. Because um, I can still work well with them, but I just have to take a little bit more serious tone for me. Um, mm -hmm. And of course, I can be serious. 
Uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, in this setting, it's a little different, yeah, but, absolutely. you know, and that's, but that's the key thing is that you want to be able to make your client feel comfortable and so that there's less resistance because otherwise you're creating friction and you want to Correct. minimize that friction because that's one of the things that will keep you from being able to build that rapport and a genuine connection. And that does not mean, however, that you're being manipulative or you're faking it of who you are. It just mm -hmm. means that you've been flexible and, uh, and adapted your personality or your traits or your internal who you are a little bit so that it can fit, so that you can fit the, with the other person more effectively. A hundred percent, Lynn. And I think what I find is particularly coaching people and training them worldwide is I find most people learn one of those two things. They either learn their own behavioral style or personality and then they live by that or they learn about the customers, but they rarely learn both. And sales is a bit of a dance. You, you know, Aristotle said 3000 years ago, you know, to know thyself is the beginning of all wisdom. And, and actually, you do need to know yourself. But to serve others, you need to understand them as well. And, and that yeah. can take mastery. You know, I've been teaching this for 18 years around the world. I've been using behavioral profiling in my own life for, you know, 25 years. And, and as you said, sales skills help you with leadership. I will say personally, they've helped me with parenting two daughters. Um, and I, I will say at a practical level, they helped me marry up. Um, you know, <laughs> my my kids, uh, Lynn, are, are way prettier than, than, than my genetics deserved. And I would like to think that objection handling I learned from way years ago from Potter and Gamble helped me marry up. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, that's brilliant. <laughs> so, and I, I, you know, absolutely. Uh, everything you learn through sales, through leadership, it applies to every aspect of your life, to your point. Definitely. Um, down to what you're negotiating, what you're going to watch on Netflix this night. Okay, yep. so you've expressed a lot of passion about sales. Um, I'm mm -hmm. so grateful for that. And I, I'm going to ask you one last question. Why do you love sales so much? I think what you and I were talking about is we've got 8 billion humans on the planet. Everyone's got unique DNA. Everybody's slightly different. And customers, if we bring it back to sales, you know, their mood can change from one day to the next. So you can't pigeonhole people. You know, when I've traveled professionally and also personally, and I've been to 44 countries, I think now, my favorite places in the world are either airports or local markets because I love watching human interaction. I'm fascinated by humans. Some might say I'm a stalker or I'm obsessive. You know, I, I sit in airports. I, I, I try to work out people's ethnicities, what their backstory is. I look at the dynamics of, of human interaction. And I, I love that. I, I find it fascinating. As I said, my family was all about linguistics and language and, and the written word. For me, it's always been about the spoken word and not the speaking. It's actually shut up and listen. Watch what people say. Watch how they interact. Listen and listen. And if you do that, you'll serve people for all of your life. You'll live a happier life. You'll be more successful. Um, so for me, I'm obsessive around people in a almost, you know, stalkerish manner. I, I just love watching people. <laughs> Well, that's brilliant. I really appreciate that. It's been such a great conversation, Ambrose. Thank you so much. And I'm very excited to get your new book, uh, Shut Up to Sell, and how sales strategies can translate to different cultures. And I know our audience is going to want to know where they can find out more about you. Mm -hmm. 
Um, thanks, Lynn. Um, obviously, if they want to make a personal connection, just like you and I have done um, on LinkedIn, if they can spell Ambrose and Blowfield correctly, they'll find me. There, there are no <laughs> others. Um, as for our company, um, because it, it describes what we do, um, our company is salesmasterycompany.com. So literally the full word sales, the full word mastery, the full word um, company.com. And on there, there are some free tools so they can download, you know, a 30 day sales strategy plan for free. And there's some really good sort of videos there to really help people get going, even if they're not ready to, to pay to be trained and developed. We just want to give we want people to see sales as a noble art and we want entrepreneurs to not be scared to sell. Absolutely. Well, here, here. That's brilliant. And everyone, we're going to have that in all of Ambrose's links down below in the show notes so you can take just a click away. And this has been such a great um, discussion. And for those of you who've joined us, um, please, if you have a comment that you'd like to share, we love hearing from them. You can add that below. You can also email us at jointheconversation at petitequeen.com. We love hearing from you and your thoughts. And if you'd like to suggest a topic or a subject for discussion, we want to hear from you. And of course, of course, to stay current on all of our insightful advice, our breakthrough advantages, and our amazing episodes on Claim Your Career Crown, like today's, you can sign up for our weekly wisdoms newsletter and you won't miss a thing. And thank you so much for listening. And Ambrose, thank you. Thank you so much. This has been such a fabulous conversation today. Thanks, Lynn. The privilege is all mine.